Hello, my friends, and welcome to the worldwide broadcast of the Ted and Austin Brower Show, bringing you the latest world news and health research. Hope you all are having an absolutely fantastic day and fantastic weekend. Hope you guys are staying healthy and strong as always. And we got a lot of different stuff lined up for you guys today. So get ready, get your seatbelts on, get ready for a busy show. A lot of information we're going to be coming out with today uh, with you guys. And also, too, be sure to check out the product of the week. You guys have had it before. You know how effective it is, the vitamin C with antioxidants on sale right now for over 10% off on the website at healthmasters.com. And also, too, be sure to check out the new, all-new and improved joint rebuilding formula as well on the front page of the website at healthmasters.com. So be sure to check those out. And, you know, first thing that I noticed was, and I've been hearing more reports on this from numerous people all over the country. I've gotten emails from it. I've gotten friends from it. And this is why I always tell people, make sure you always have at least a little backup cash or putting it aside if you can, because the banks are starting to do some strange things. I've heard this from like three other people at different banks across the country from people that I know that have been saying that they've been trying to get cash and having a hard time getting cash and even small bills. Well, on Friday, I stopped by the bank. I had some checks and deposit for the office. And I went ahead and asked them if they had a band of $2 bills. I ran out over the years, and I usually will get like, you know, a $200 rack of $2 bills. So it's $102 bills. And I always give them to kids for birthday presents. You know, it's, I've always found that kids always like $2 bills. There's something cool, there's something different. You know, you throw like 10 or 15 $2 bills in a car, they fall out everywhere. They get all excited. They haven't really seen them before. They can save them up, they can put them in their bank. And I, of course, I try to encourage kids also, too, to be more active in, you know, saving money and cash. It makes it easier to do so. I know parents now that give their kids, you know, debit cards to use, you know, five, six, seven, eight years old and have these little debit cards. And the problem with this is, is you're already training your children to realize that digital cash is the only way to go. I'm not saying that Central Reserve banknotes are the best option out there, but what I am saying is this. Cash still gives you the basis of being anonymous and having private, safe transactions between two parties. The digital currency, that's not going to happen, my friends. What they're pushing for this digital currency is one specific thing, and it's control and monitoring of all transactions. So anyways, I'm at my bank asking for $2 bills, which they've always had over the years, and they said, well, we have none. We've ordered none. And I said, well, you guys always have some in the back. And I said, you have zero? They said, we have none. Zero. I said, okay. I said, well, you guys have some, you know, extra, extra ones. They said, well, it's Friday. We're down to like $150 rack of ones. I said, you're joking me. They're a bank. I said, what about some fives? Oh yeah. We, we have like $200 and fives left. And I said, okay, is it just me or am I at the wrong bank? I said, don't aren't banks supposed to keep cash. I'm talking to the girl. I know that she goes, well, yeah, they've been telling us to keep our cash reserves lower if we don't need it. We can order stuff for you. She's like, we can order some twos for you if you want, and they'll be here in like eight to 12 business days. And I looked at it and I said, does anybody else find this very strange? And she goes, well, Austin, you're one of the only people that like come in here and actually ask for any type of cash. She's pretty much everybody just deposits stuff, deposits checks, and everybody uses a debit card. I said, well, I don't even have a debit card. I don't even use a debit card. I don't even own a debit card. And she goes, well, yeah, you're still like the only one. And I thought to myself, wow, this is getting very strange now. There's a major bank here in Florida that simply is just literally not keeping cash. And the girl behind the counter is telling me that most people aren't even asking for cash at all anymore. And so this is what the central bank is pretty much betting on, guys. They're planning on trying to get people to become more and more reliant on digital transactions, which is working. Which means once they see the general population usage of cash hit a certain percentage, once it drops to a certain percentage, 
pushing out a full digital currency isn't going to be very hard to get people to adapt to anymore. This is why I always try and encourage people a lot of times when you're at the store. If you're at a store you like and you're supporting, try to go to a register with a real person. A lot of these stores now you go to, there's like one or two cashiers. The rest is all you know, the self-checkout. And the problem is, again, you're phasing more and more jobs out where you're getting more and more people getting accustomed to this digital transaction and digital application where they get people used to not having any ability to have human interaction, which is the goal. And what's interesting about this is now I've seen – I got an article that came in today, and this is from uh, this local government uh, – local, local five in uh, Chicago. I want to make sure I get this right because remember I told you guys over the last months – I get reports from different um, employers that I know that have businesses. They can't get people to work. They can't find people to work. There's, it's difficult for anybody to basically find you know, these employees that are actually decent. But at the same time, it always seems like in some case there's still people that have money and people are paying bills and all this stuff, even though we're seeing a recession. Well, I've told you guys before, it's strange that nobody's really questioning or pushing back on this massive migrant invasion that's literally overtaking the United States now to an extent that we've never witnessed before in U.S. history, not to this level. And now this report from Local 5 in Chicago aired a segment this week. I'm going to post it on the website about literally the billions of dollars that have been siphoned and pretty much funneled into this illegal migration because, as you guys know, all these major cities now – have been getting federal grants to house migrants, right? Well, of course, along with the housing, they have to have the management and the funds and the food and all these different things that they're getting. You know, in some cases, the hotels in New York are getting up to $250 per person per night in each room to house these migrants from basically federal grant money. Well, you want to know where more of the money is going? Local 5 in Chicago just aired a segment. What well, shows that a huge portion of siphon money is that these private shelters and camps essentially going to the people operating it. According to the report, which you can watch, I'll post on the website, employees of these private shelters are making anywhere between $135 to $200 an hour to basically manage these shelters. Investigator Bennett Barperi from Local 5 poured over documents and receipts showing that workers at these private migrant facilities are receiving millions of dollars in government aid almost every single month and are paying themselves very handsomely. He said, imagine making $200 an hour. He goes, these invoices show it has happened to these privately run shelters housing migrants. And what goes on to say here is they said also on top of that, the European Border Agency along with other groups now reporting that roughly 92% of the illegal migrants arriving are fighting age men, essentially. Very few women are migrating from Europe and Middle East and Africa and Mexico to United States and to Europe. And basically, he goes on to say here in this article, he said one invoice from the facility manager shows this guy made $14,000 in one week in December. Another invoice shows a nurse earned over $20,000 in one week. Then, of course, those figures did show overtime. But guys, $200 an hour and working in a migrant facility, by the way, just quick, if you don't want to do the math, 40 hours a week, if this is a full-time job, that's a $416,000 a year job basically managing a migrant facility. That's a serious amount of money. And so apparently this is how the federal government has incentivized this and why so many people are supporting it, why so many people are actively involved in it and actively promoting it, because you got people making $416,000 a year managing a facility in Chicago 
where there's even other the employees are said some of them are making $130 an hour, just basic employees that are handling this stuff. So you want to know how it's happening? They're taking our taxpayer-funded money that we pay in taxes at gunpoint, and they're turning around and they're siphoning them off and basically creating jobs that don't exist, that are not needed because of a problem that they created and giving enormous amounts of funding to these individuals that are able to spend it and transfer it and hire it. I'm sure you're going to see probably once they dig into this more, you're probably going to see a lot of people are hiring among families and friends and hiring people that are just there to monitor things like, oh, you, you need to take the trash out. We're going to pay you $50 an hour to take the trash out. You know, and you know, that's all you got to do all day is take a couple of trash cans out and you're going to make $50 an hour. I guarantee you that's what you're going to start seeing in a lot of these facilities. They really dig in and do their own research. But again, I wanted to bring this up to kind of bring it to light and kind of remind you guys, again, this is why it's so important to really get the truth out there and dig the research because this stuff, this is not okay with me at all. How, how do you prevent this and stop it? I guess one of the only ways you can do it is at least exposing it. And this is what this local web, this local news agency did. And I'd really encourage other news agencies and you guys as well, encourage them to start doing the research as well in other parts of the country, like down here in Florida and Texas and start looking into this. Cause I guarantee you, once you dig into this, this is going to be widespread across the entire country. Hence why you're seeing so much of this stuff become so prevalent and why so few people are pushing back in a lot of these areas. What do you think, dad? What's your, what's your, what's your take on this? Yeah, well, you know, the whole thing with the, the, the migrant invasion, which is what it is, is, is that they programmed the United States now and the population with learned helplessness. And it's all part of the Frankfurt School and Freud sick crap that he used to push. And, uh, you know, if you, if you basically shell shock a person long enough, they basically just stop resisting. And they allow, and they learned this from trench warfare in World War One, by the way, when they were able to split personalities and do what they did with the Office of Naval Intelligence and Tavistock and all the rest of the places that did all this. But they learned if you push it and push and push and push the narrative long enough, the person finally just gives up and just sits there and just goes, what the heck am I going to do? There's nothing I can do about this. Yet the problem is, is that that's what they're doing with everything, isn't it? They're doing it with the cash that you just mentioned. And we have said on this show for years, use cash. And now we're seeing now where the cash is being taken away from us. And they're not going to just abruptly stop. Oh, you can still get it, Austin. It just takes a week to two weeks to get your cash. Everybody uses debit cards because the banks, when the person uses a debit card, the bank charges them a fee with every debit card transaction. And people don't realize that they're spending hundreds of dollars a month on debit card transaction fees. It would be cheaper just to carry cash. That's number one. And you start looking at the interest rate from the debit card transaction fee. You know, you have, you've got to spend a couple bucks to, to get a $10 debit fee. That's 20% immediately that you're making they're making on your money that you're taking off to the doggone you know that you went and bought some stuff for ten dollars with because you don't want to carry ten dollars in cash i remember i was at Publix a few months back ago they were talking about getting rid of change just back during covid and they said well we can't we can't give you the 97 cents in change and i said well yeah you can i said i'll tell you what just you know give me a dollar back and you guys can eat the pennies and i said well we can't do that i said yeah you can i'm not going to do this i'm not going to buy this stuff if you don't give me change I'm not going to do it you're not going to hit me with 97 percent you're 97 percent 97 cents of, of taxes because you don't want to give me the money. Just give me the dollar. I mean, I got an argument with the person at the front. At the front. Finally, I think I'm pretty sure this gave me the dollar. And then finally, they stopped doing that nonsense because remember they were going to get rid. Of, they were getting rid of change. Period. And uh, that was a big failure for them. And they they realized well, you know, well think about it. You see, if something costs two dollars, and you know, and all of a sudden you have to give them three because it's two dollars and twelve cents. Now they don't give you any change back. Now it just costs you three dollars. That's a 50 percent increase in the cost of that product within you know one transaction. That's what they weren't looking at as far as the people kicking back against that. But I see it. But the learned helplessness is very, very real. 
You know, it's the same thing with the UFOs. It's the same thing with, you know, the international banking cartels. And that's why they pushed the narrative and pushed the narrative and pushed the narrative. We told you this back in 2004. We had three hurricanes cross our county within six weeks. And by the third storm, we're watching it on radar going, gosh. And by the third storm, we ended up losing a whole bunch of oak trees. And it was a mess. It's 20 years ago. But I still remember it. And I remember the feeling of learned helplessness. I can't do anything about this storm. I know they're directing the storm over us. I know what they're doing. I can't stop it. And so finally we started just getting an aggregate together, started praying all the time, and we've had a lot of storms turn. You say, well, that won't work. Yeah, it does. It does. Now, will it work every time? No, because some people pray opposite of what you're praying. It creates a distortion in the energy field, but we can talk about that at a later show. But the reality is, is that you know, when do you draw the line and say, I'm not going to live like this this morning? Now, I'm going I'm to say something. Okay, I'm going to say something. i got to be careful how I say this this morning. This morning I had a good friend, and I've known her for, for a while. And so I'm not dating her. It's not a date thing. It's a friend. And, I, and, and she has a disease, a serious disease. And, you know, and I told her natural protocols that she can do to help ameliorate the symptoms and hopefully get rid of the disease. And I've told her that now for almost a year, and she's never listened to me. And so now she's going in for all these specialized treatments and all this experimental stuff. And I finally said to her, I said, what's wrong with you? I had this conversation this morning. I really like this lady. She's nice. I mean, I pray with her and everything else. I said, I said, what's wrong with you? I said, I'm not telling you to do anything that's going to hurt you. I'm telling you to increase nutrient density and nutrient concentrations that help to take care of conditions like you have. All I'm doing is telling you that. I'm not trying to be mean. I'm not putting you on experimental drugs that could do who knows what damage to you. And then she goes, well, I might, if these other experimental protocols don't work, I might consider changing my diet and going on supplements. And I said to her, I said, at that point, it probably won't work because you're going to take all these drugs. You're going to blow out your liver, and you're not going to be able to process or metabolize the supplements properly, and you'll be wasting your money, and you're going to end up you know, in the cemetery anyhow. And she said, which is what you're really being you know, really direct to me. I said, you're a friend. And I said, right now, I said, you are in a hotel room. The hotel's on fire. You're asleep. You don't want to get up. You've been overcome by smoke inhalation. And I have kicked your door in, and I'm shaking you to get up. I'm about to throw you over my shoulder and carry you out of the hotel like a sack of potatoes. And she started laughing. And I said, whoa, whoa, whoa. I said, that was not meant to be a joke. I said, I'm going to be blunt with you today for the first time. And make you understand there's certain things that you can do to increase your improve your system by just taking supplements. Then I said to her, I said, when I knew you a year ago, I said, the enemy was, you know, 100 yards out. You know, we had a 308 on bipods, had an M60. We were rolling. We ain't there anymore. It's like the metaphor that Austin uses. We are now in the trench with fixed bayonets and pistols. I said, this is getting serious now. Because the protocols they're giving to you are not working, and you're not listening. So now we're in the trench. So now you've got to make a choice if you want to die in the trench or you want to fight with your last breath and do everything you possibly can to get out of the trench and stay alive. I had that conversation this morning with a friend. Now, guys, listen to me. That's the same thing I'm telling you right now. There are a lot of people out there that refuse to take supplements. They refuse to eat clean. No matter what I've told you about pork causing cancer, they're going to keep eating pork. Regardless of what I've told you about sodium nitrite causing cancer, 
they're going to keep using sodium nitrite in cured meats. Regardless of what I said to you about, you know, soy causing a huge problem with men becoming feminized and changing the brain of little boys from little boys to little girls on soy formula, you're going to keep doing soy. Yesterday, I spoke to another lady and her son, and both her kids are going to have their tonsils removed this week. But there are like 28 known diseases that massively increase once you remove the tonsils. And I said, can you at least read some information on why you should not remove tonsils? This is an absolute emergency. And she was, well, yeah, I'll be happy to. I said, okay, great. But she was adamantly opposed to removing tonsils, but she had not, she, this lady had not even taken the COVID shot because she was not sure what it would do. So all of these things happen on an ongoing basis to people who are not thinking through where they are in life and what they're doing with their life and how their choices affect their outcomes. And I know I'm pontificating this morning. Okay, I got on a tear this morning with my friend, and, I, and I'm still on that tear right now because – if I tell you the room's on fire, if I tell you we're in a trench warfare, if I tell you all this stuff is happening, you can't step back because of learned helplessness and go, wow, that's a shame. That's a shame. Uh, I'm just, I'm, I, if, if it gets worse and all these experimental treatments don't work, I'm going to go ahead and, and try to change my diet. Folks, it's, it, it doesn't work like that. The body's reserve energy only has X amount of time. It deals with ATP. Adenosine triphosphate, if you want to know the terms here, the adenosine triphosphate being produced by the cells, which are the powerhouse of the cells. And when your body stops producing ATP, you die. When you have a certain point of no return and which your body no longer has the ability to do what it needs to do, it can't produce ATP. And it doesn't matter how many nutrients you pour into your body at that point, you're not going to produce ATP. You're going to die. And so it's like, a, it's like you get over that hump with that, with that, with that roller coaster and, you go over, and you're going downhill. And no matter what you do, when you get over that hump, you're going to go downhill unless the track comes apart. You're going to go downhill. And that's what happens with people when they try to wait for the last minute of their life to change their diet. I had so many people come to the clinic back in the, back in the 80s and 90s, and they would basically be at a point of their life. It was just – I mean they tried every treatment protocol they could find, and it wasn't working. They were unbelievably sick, taking 20, 30 different medications. Most I've ever seen is 25 in the office at one time with one person, and they, they didn't know what to do. Because their, their energy was so bad and they felt so bad and they were on their last leg. And they waited until they were a week from terminal to want to change their diet, change their lifestyle. Guys, it doesn't work that way. Dietary changes take a while to implement, number one. And number two, you've got to replace the cells. And you have to have enough reserve energy, enough ATP, enough telomere length left in your body and your cells and you, that your body hasn't given up already. And that's why you see the people with their last death, death with their last breath in a hospice. Give you another example, and I'm, I'm sorry to be the harbinger of bad news this morning, but I'm, I'm trying to get everybody's attention here. I had another friend of mine. His name was Buddy, and I told him for years and years and years not to drink diet sodas that it caused brain cancer, brain tumors, seizures, headaches, optic nerve degradation. The list goes on and on and on. I've written entire articles on it. You can read the article at Health Masters put in aspartame. It'll say aspartame, a chronicle of crime. I wrote that article 20 years ago. And I pleaded with him, and I pleaded with him, and every time I told him that, he would just laugh. And he'd say, well, if it was bad, the government wouldn't give it, give it, give it to us. So I sat in his house. He already had brain surgery. His entire brain was filled with cancer tumors and tentacles with a glial tumor. And I held his hand, and I asked him if he was ready to meet Jesus. And he said he was. And his wife was there with me, and I prayed with him. And then I went to his funeral two weeks later. 
you know, going and listening and doing what you're supposed to do requires some discipline and some effort. I'm not here to give you that. If you, if you don't want to get your supplements from us, get them somewhere else. Okay. If you don't want to get storable food from us, go buy canned goods at the grocery store and get them somewhere else. If, if you don't want to get your toothpaste from us, go go buy it at your local grocery store. Make sure it doesn't have any fluoride in it. Okay. I'm not here for that. You support the show by getting your stuff from us, and we produce super high quality stuff. You guys know that, but that's not why I'm here. You know, I'm not going to qualify for the food stamp program if I don't do the show. Just just give you guys a heads up. I'm here to tell you that we're here to help you. I had the opportunity and the privilege this morning to pray for you guys. You guys mean the world to me. I mean, I love you guys. But guys, listen to me. Don't wait until the experimental protocols don't work and you're a week away before you decide, I'm going to change my diet. had a friend of mine. Her name was Gertie. And um, she's a pretty cool lady. She used to be one of my, na- my neighbors a long time ago, over, over a long time, over 30 years ago. And a great woman. She helped us, you know, raise Austin when he was little. And she was a wonderful lady. And she came down with, with lung cancer. And she smoked her whole life. And she was in the health stuff a little bit. And then she ended up coming down with lung cancer. And I contacted her. I found out she had lung cancer. And she said, well, you know, it's 97% fatal, Ted. I said, well, yeah, I know. And she goes, I'm just going to go ahead and die. And she goes, I'm not going to try to fight it. I'm not going to try to do any kind of supplement protocol. I'm just going to realize that, you know, I'm not, I'm not going, I'm not doing chemotherapy. I can't do the radiation won't work. The surgery won't work. I'm just going to go ahead and live out my life without chemotherapy and I'm going to die. And she did. She did it with style though. She did it with her boots on. She's I'm going to do it this way because she lived that life, her life that whole way. And I got to give her credit. You know, she, she, she went out that way, but the point was, did she, did she have to go out that way? Could she have stopped smoking when she was younger? The answers are always yes, 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 and yes. But the reality is, is that at least she owned it, and she didn't try to do all the experimental treatment protocols and all the other kind of stuff. And are you saying, Ted, you should never do that? I didn't say that. I'm just telling you what Gertie did. you got to choose your own health and your own health options by yourself. But here's I'm going to say this to you. I'm going to be very direct with you again this morning at this point in time. If you haven't hung up on me already, I'm actually surprised. But here's the thing. You pick it what you want. I heard an old Baptist preacher say it this way. Every pot sits on its own bottom. Every person in those pews sits on their own bottom. Every person listening to this podcast makes their own choices, makes their own decisions. If we tell you about magnesium brain food, chelating aluminum out of the brain and getting yourself, you know, reducing the risks of Alzheimer's and senile dementia and getting the, all the poison heavy metals back out of your system, we're not doing that because we're trying to you know, be mean. We're telling you there's an option that you have here to getting rid of brain fog, which is I take this stuff every single day and I love it. But what people don't understand is that when you – get to a point in your life where you're in the trench chances are in trench warfare and everybody's got their bayonets fixed it's going to go bad for everybody honestly because you got people pouring into the trench the reality is is get them out there when you're still doing mortar and artillery fire <laughs> when they're 10 miles out that's when you zero in on them get them at 10 miles out before you get sick make it 20 years for, for a woman to have a one inch tumor at her breast it took 10 years for it to develop. That's approximately the, the right numbers, about 10 years. And you think, well, really? Yeah, no, really. Well, that body encapsulates that tumor, puts it like in a sheath, and that's why they have to biopsy. they got to puncture that and pull it back out and take the cells out, which is like puncturing a can full of paint, spray paint, and it spews everywhere inside the body. Well, we don't know what happened. You have this tumor, and it's spread everywhere. Well, yeah, because you punctured it, you idiot. Not, not the patient, but the doctor. 
who's the idiot. He's, you know, he knows what he's doing. You know, well, now we got to get you on chemo. Now we got to get you on radiation. Now this stuff spread everywhere. Well, yeah, because you punctured it. Go in there and get a lumpectomy done. Just get the lumpectomy done. Then have them check the tumor after they have the lump out. See what's in it. That's the, that's the safe way. Any tumor in the body should be handled that way as far as I'm concerned. But that's my opinion. You can do whatever you want to do from a health standpoint whenever you want to do it because that's your choice too. It, it really, really is. Uh, that's, that's enough of that. My going to be done. By the way, the com- Chinese Communist Party <laughs> is rewriting the Bible. Surprise, surprise. The gospel according to the chairman, Z, has Jesus turned killer instead of forgiving sin. And the, the reason they're doing this is because they saw what happened with the Russian Orthodox Church in Russia. They've got to make sure the peasants don't turn to Christianity. They've got to make Jesus the bad guy. They've got to make him the villain. They don't want him to be the son of God, the most high God, who forgave them of their sins, who died for them. Can't be that guy. He's got to be the guy who's the killer. And this is what they always do. And another one, another lady sent me an article about these, the Chinese companies buying all of these different United States corporations, which it could or could not be true. I don't know. But the reality is this. If they're doing it, they're doing it with Rothschild money. Because the Rothschild banking cartel is the same group that overthrew China, the same ones that overthrew Russia, the same ones that have overthrown the United States of America through cultural Marxism. It's always the same people, guys. We put different labels on because it's easier for us to address it that way if we have different labels on it so it's not Rothschild everything else. By the way, another electric car explodes in the driveway. Yeah, I don't even know why in the world. You know, We had exploding Pintos way back when, and the government recalled the Pintos, got rid of the Pintos, forced out making the Pintos. But for some reason, we can still have exploding electric cars everywhere, breaking down everywhere, and that's okay. Well, that's because they can control us because of the lack of electricity they're going to provide for us at the unbelievably expensive prices, which Tampa Electric just proved they can do whenever they want to do, by the way. It's an interesting article by Max Morton. It says, until lions become li- until lambs become lions. Right now, we are, on 80, we are 80 million couch potatoes and keyboard warriors with rifles in our bedroom closets. This is not a force to be reckoned with. Hmm. Not a force. We are locked in zero-sum game rebellion of the elites who are intent on fundamentally transforming America into an authoritarian state with single ideology and ruling class. In order to defeat this rebellion, we need to understand the terrain we are operating on and the strategy and the tactics of our enemy. Even more important, we need a strategy of our own to guide our struggle and return to functional representative government bounded by the Constitution with a power fully vested in the people. Only a few decades ago, American politics was driven by shared interests in prosperity and well-being aligned with free constitutional republic. We need to drive from the American consciousness the current docile acceptance of the fact or helplessness that America has a ruling class or a ruling elite, I call them ruling scum, and we must banish these terms to the trash heap of racial epitaphs and aristocratic garbage. Wow, aristocratic garbage. Uh, Really, really, really good article. Very well written because what are we facing? Political warfare is the use of political means to compel an adversary to do one's will, driven by hostile intent. It operates with an aggressor-victim construct, and its purpose is the complete seizure of power by the aggressor and the forced assimilation of the victim. Political warfare is employed when public relations campaigns, general persuasion, and soft power mechanisms fail to convince a victim to accept the aggressor's ideology or terms. When conducted between rivals within a state, uses both over and covert influence operations variously known as propaganda and information operations, but may also use assassination, paramilitary or law enforcement activity, sabotage, coup d'etat, or proxy violence. Here's what I want to read to you. Asymmetric warfare is war, or hostile action between belligerents whose relatively material power, military or institutional, differ significantly 
that we don't have hellfire missiles in our arsenal. We don't have machine guns in our arsenal, but just a few that are left. We don't have that. The power we have is significantly different. Whose strategy and tactics differ significantly. Typically, this is seen as conflicts between conventional militaries and resistance movements, insurgency, guerrilla warfare, and separatist movements are normally asymmetric in nature. Over the last few years, Americans have watched stunned as their country makes a national descent into a post-truth, post-justice, post-American society. They find it hard to believe society appears unmoored and events surreal. Why? I'm going to say learn helplessness again. The, he says because they are the targets of an effective information operations campaign that is Isaiah 520 calls evil good and trades bitter for sweet. In fact, we are embroiled in asymmetric political warfare. Now, I'm not going to read any more of this. You guys can read it. I'm going to, I've got it posted at the Health Masters website. But here's the thing. We need to understand this is cultural Marxism he's talking about that came in and invaded us from the inside. This is the Kennedy speech to the Newspaper Association. It's all that. All of this stuff that we talk about on this show, they've done, and they're doing to us right now, including taking our cash away, including us telling us there's no natural protocols for certain types of diseases. It has to be drugs and more chemicals and more chemicals and more experimental trucks stuff. They tell you there's no natural protocol to treat COVID, which is primarily an advanced flu model that was basically built and had gain-of-function research done on it in Wuhan and, and, in, and in, 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 in Africa and all kinds of other places. We talk about that many, many times. They don't tell you that – 70, the very few people die of COVID unless they're over the age of 70 with comorbidities and obese, and they're put on remdesivir, which kills them in the hospitals. I don't tell you any of that. They tell you now you've got to have an injection into a newborn, six-month-old, five-year-old, or whatever they want to do with the COVID shot, which is going to stop secondary sexual characteristics because it's going to attack the sperm and the testicles and the ovaries. Messing and making, causing a massive problem with the infertility of these people who take these shots and all kinds of health issues. They don't tell you that. They, they tell you you've got to take the COVID shot to be healthy. And it goes on and on and on and on into nauseam. That's where we are right now. And so we have to stand back and look at it from a perspective of like, wait a minute, why are they lying? What's the purpose? It's like I told you guys a few weeks ago. Ask yourself a question What am I doing? Is that okay? And what's it doing to me? Always ask that question. What am I doing? Am I going to take the COVID shot? Hmm. What's it doing to me? It could cause myocarditis, pericarditis. It could cause, uh, you know, it could cause myocarditis. It could cause all kinds of health problems. It could cause blood clots. Uh, is that okay? The answer is screaming. N-O, capital N-O, massive exclamation point. No, it's not okay. So why do you consider it? Period. That's where we are here. Asymmetrical warfare. They have the ability with their media, Rothschild controlled, to control us with their petrochemical industry, Rothschild controlled, to control us with their military industrial complex, Rothschild controlled, every which way but loose. But guys, listen to me. <laughs> listen. We are in covenant with the most high God through Jesus. And we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. And God is on the throne this morning. I know. I prayed. And we can do all things through him. And we have to stand our ground and not back up every day of our life. And you resist this evil. Because Satan runs around as a roaring lion seeking those who may devour. But he may not devour you. Because you are sanctified by the blood of the lamb. By your testimony. Austin, what do you think, buddy? And what's your next story? 
Oh, excellent information, bud. You're, you're exactly right on this. And, you know, one thing that I wanted to scroll back to and kind of address a little bit further, because I know I'm going to get this question in emails when you brought up the aspect of uh, adenosine triphosphate, ATP, and mitochondria, is that, you know, I pulled up an article from our website we've talked about before. And when you're dealing with the powerhouse, in the cell's powerhouse with the body, and the end, end most important energy-producing compound, ATP, there's certain things that you should do and there's certain things that you should don't do if you want to increase your energy and increase your resilience and increase your longevity. And this is the basis that it comes down to. We don't talk about it much in detail, but since you brought that up, if you go and basically do research, mitochondria dysfunction occurs when cells are harmed. So it occurs when certain compounds or certain things are basically presented to them and it reduces the amount of ATP. It causes dysfunction. Examples that encourage cellular harm include cigarette smoke, also to alcohol usage in excess, inhaling or ingesting toxic chemicals, which does in a lot of stuff, dietary consumption of processed and extremely fatty foods, primarily with omega-6, especially with that, with the soy oil and the canola oil. Another one is dehydration. This is a huge factor. The body has to have enough proper fluids, healthy fluids, good purified water in its system, also to inactivity. I've told you guys this before, and I can't reiterate it any further, other than the fact that the body's designed to move and be active. It's designed to be pushed. It's designed to exert energy. It's designed to be moving on a regular basis. Now, of course, there's certain things where you have the job, if your computer, I get it. You can't constantly be active, but that doesn't mean you can't get up in the morning and do 10 or 20 minutes of fasted cardio. You can't go to the gym after work if you want and go work out for 30, 45, 50 minutes. When you get home or you're doing something, you can't go out for a walk and walk around your neighborhood or go to a park and go for a walk or walk your dog or take your kids somewhere. There's so many things that you can do. It all comes down to priority. Now, a lot of these things I just listed, if they're in moderation, light moderation, your body can process them, get them out of your system the best as possible, and then basically ramp up its ATP production again. What occurs is when the things I just listed start becoming a regular activity. When you start gauging them on a regular basis and you start combining them, all of them, it together on a regular basis, that's when you start having some serious issues with the body. There's eight ways that can help fight this and help ramp up ATP production after you cut these things out that I just listed. This involves protecting and supporting the cell's mitochondria. One of the first ones is minimizing exposure to practices such as I talked about earlier. Cigarette smoke, heavy alcohol, toxins, processed fatty foods. That's the first thing, reducing and minimizing those things in your body as best as possible, at least so it's not on a regular basis. The second one, drinking plenty of purified water preventing dehydration. The cells require a significant amount of water to function properly. This is why I tell you all the time, you should be drinking at least half your body weight in fluid ounces of purified water every single day. So if you weigh 200 pounds, you need at least drink 100 ounces. This is crucial, and it has to be clean, purified water, at least distilled or versus osmosis. If you run distilled, run the aqua trace in it to throw some of the minerals back in it. But this is crucial. The third one is getting regular exercise to stimulate movement in the body's tissue. Exactly what I just said before. Even if you can't do resistance training or you've had an injury or you're working around it, whatever you do that the body can handle, 
make sure you do it on a regular basis. And if you do have an injury or something you're working on, you know, I encourage you to make sure you're working with maybe a physical therapist or getting somebody that you can help you, that you can progress and increase the body's ability, whether it be mobility and whatnot, and heal up properly. That can also occur with good nutrients like the joint rebuilding if you're having a joint problem along with throwing the Great Lakes gelatin in there with the omega-3 fats like the cod. Those all help out with joint lubrication and joint fluidity and helping out with more mobility. The next one is making sure you get enough B vitamins. B2 supports energy metabolism. B3 and B6 aid in ATP production. B5 helps out with mitochondria enzyme. B12 helps out with uh, delivery of oxygen to the body's cells and oxygenation. B vitamins are crucial. Remember, they're water-soluble. So if you're not taking active B vitamins on a regular basis, your body's depleting them. It's using them, and it's burning them up, and then you don't have them in your system. Also, to number five on this list from Natural Wellness is ingesting vitamin C. That's an antioxidant that protects cells from damage. This is why I tell you all the time, vitamin C needs to be a staple. It's not just something you take whenever you're sick. Vitamin C needs to be something you regularly ingest on a daily basis, and primarily, if you can, at least one to two times a day minimum. I told you I like to dose it throughout the day while I eat. I've noticed it massively helps out with energy. You take one to two of them per day with each meal. So by the end of the day, you've taken you know three, four, five, six thousand milligrams total throughout the day. Build up to that. It really helps out with energy. The next one basically is inositol. That's also in like our multiple vitamin, multiple powder, multiple chewable. This because it's simply a simple carbohydrate helps preserve the integrity of cell membranes. Next, another one, number seven on this list is supplementing with milk thistle. That's a primary ingredient in our uh, liver support along with the N-acetylcysteine. This is a potent antioxidant. It strengthens the outer wall of the liver cells, which is crucial for making and storing energy. The last one is prioritizing and getting enough sleep. This is when cellular repair occurs. It's just so important that you use this on a regular basis to your advantage. Now, I get it. I get it. As far as sleep, I'm bad about it sometimes. And this is one of the things that you absolutely have to prioritize sometimes. If that means shutting the stupid TV off and getting off your phone early and trying to get to bed early, that's something you need to do. I can't tell you how many times I've done it even myself, and I've been around people that do it. You're tired. What happens? Oh, I'm going to watch a movie. Or I want to watch TV or chill out for a few minutes. Well, the problem is when you're watching that light, it's stimulating your body that you're essentially you're watching light, which means your body thinks it's sunlight outside. Whether it's on your phone, whether it's on your iPad, whether it's on your desktop, whether it's on your laptop, whether it's on the TV, your body's looking directly at light. You normally don't walk in the kitchen, right, flip the lights on, and put your head up in the ceiling and stare at a light bulb. Do you not? That's not normal behavior for most people. Maybe some people do it, but I don't generally stare at lights. Just walk in a room and stare at a light for 20, 30, 40 minutes an hour. You don't normally do that. Well, those are LED bulbs. What do you think are in the TV and the laptop and the iPads? They're all LED bulbs. They're all LED microchips. They sit there, and you're looking directly at light. Well, the body's designed in the morning to wake up essentially with the sun. When the sunlight rises, that's how our body functions. It stimulates the body, produce a little bit of cortisol, wake up in the morning. Hey, good morning. Sun's up. Time to start your day. That's how our bodies are designed to process. So if it's 8 or 9 o'clock at night, you know you probably need to go to bed soon, and all of a sudden you flip on a movie. And you're watching the LED, and you're playing on your phone. You're playing on your iPad. Now your body thinks well, it's not very dark anymore. My pituitary is picking up. There's a massive amount of light exposure. So I'm not going to produce melatonin because this dude's got stuff to do. He's busy. It's sunny. I don't need to go to bed. So what happens is then when you try to go to sleep an hour later, now suddenly you're not that tired. 
or you're restless and you're rolling around. They're trying to take more melatonin. Now, the melatonin can be very beneficial, especially if you know you basically are getting older and your body's not producing as much, but you don't want to have to sit there and watch TV to get woken back up to try to take melatonin to come back down. Not a good, not a good strategy at all. There's numerous research that has now shown that you really want to cut out all lighting, all blue light, all TV light, all screen light within about an hour of going to sleep. So if you just said, hey, my heart out is 9 o'clock. I need to be in bed, lights out 9 o'clock. You need to have all the screens and everything shut off by 8, period. If you check your phone or check your email, you're doing work, you're done, put it on do not disturb, throw it on the charger in the other room, whatever you got to do, and you're done for the night. Then, you know, basically get ready for bed, discuss what you got to do tomorrow with somebody, or go to sleep, whatever you got to do. But again, it's really, really crucial that you prioritize your sleep pattern because the thing is, insomnia can be a very real problem. If you're not sleeping and you're basically are trying to function on an hour or two of sleep every night, you can do sleep deprivation for a bit. You can. Now, your ATP is going to go down. Your energy is going to go down. Your mental acuity is going to go down. But eventually, at some point in time, insomnia becomes a serious problem. It can cause all types of issues with mental disorders, depression, severe depression, and all types of issues that can escalate from that. So it's really important if you're having an issue sleeping, make sure you're looking at different options that you may need to do. This is like with the total rest that we have on the website. This has the taurine and the L-theanine and the magnesium and the inensitol in it. All these things basically are designed to help the body. That's why we put this drink together years ago that helps out with hormone imbalance, with healthy glucose metabolism, that promotes a calm, relaxed, well-balanced emotional and psychological state. And so that's why a lot of times people will stack this product along with the magnesium brain food about an hour to two hours before they go to sleep and really let the body start to wind down. Get yourself adequate sleep throughout the night, and ATP production goes to the roof in the morning. Stack on the B-complex with your breakfast with the multiple powder, and you got a great cycle there for great energy production. But I really wanted to dig into that for a minute because Dad brought it up. We haven't talked about it in a while, but it's something you have to look at. you got to break it down to the cellular level sometimes because I know a lot of times people listening on the show or just you know normal information, you don't really understand how some stuff is actually functioning in the body and what it's actually doing to you. This is why it is so crucial, and I reiterate this again, so crucial. You keep kids off electronic devices at night, period. They don't need to be watching movies till they fall asleep. They sure as heck don't need to be on iPads and phones, period. They don't need to be playing on social media till 2, 3, 4 o'clock in the morning. In my opinion, and I've known a lot of parents that have done this, it's a rule in a lot of people's houses when kids go to bed, especially like, – I mean I'm referring now to teenagers, not kids because kids shouldn't even have phones. The teenagers, cell phones go in the kitchen. It's done. Set a real alarm clock. You know, They still make these things that are called clocks, and they're alarms, and you can turn them on, and they wake you up if you need to get up in the morning for school. You don't have to have your cell phone do every virtual thing in the entire world for you. That concept is being done intentionally to get people hooked and addicted to phones. That's why the phones now are essentially people's lives. This is why they're designing phones to have all these QR codes and all these apps. There are certain websites now and certain platforms that you can't even utilize without an app on a phone. I told you guys I was so frustrated last year. I actually called them up. I fought with them about it, and I could not change it. It was with the Raymond James Stadium monster truck rally last year. This is the last time that I've gone now, and they – Basically, I bought tickets online for Ticketmaster, had an account with them. It's fine. They emailed me all this stuff. And then finally, that gets notification like a month away from the Monster Truck Rally that I have to have this app downloaded on my phone for the digital ticket. And I went, no, 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 no. 
I print my tickets off. Every single time I do something, I print my tickets off. There's a couple reasons why if people want to know, not just being weird. A, what happens if my phone dies? What happens if my phone breaks? What happens if I lose my phone? And now I'm out at a monster truck rally with my children, and now I'm basically have inability to get in because I have no tickets. I like hard tickets, period. Always have, always will, will always push for it. Well, I called them up. I said, hey, listen, I need you guys to email me the file for the ticket. We don't do that. You have to have a digital ticket. I said, I don't want a digital ticket. I want a real ticket. We don't do that. I said, okay, well, let me talk to your manager. Dude, I went through this for like 45 minutes that it is now digital policy with an update through Raymond James Stadium that no printed tickets are, are, are available whatsoever to get into the facility in the stadium. Everything has to be a digital ticket on their app, period. No exceptions. They will – if you can figure out how to print one off, they will not let you in because the scanners do not work on them. They have to have this digital sensor that changes every five minutes on the ticket, on the app, so that nobody can replicate it and scout tickets and steal tickets, which is total lies. This is what they're trying to do on a regular basis. So that's why I tell you and I encourage you, if you have the ability to do stuff without a phone, look at it and do it because they're trying to make it as much as they can. They're trying to prevent the ability to be able to freely travel without having one of these things in your pocket, period. Remember what they did with the doggone COVID passport? They started making you have these QR code passports over in Europe. Remember all that? But they didn't have like the card at first. They wanted everybody to download the app. Then they went into the track and tracing app to monitor and watch everywhere you go so they can monitor and track you. That is what this all comes down to. So try, try your best to try to respect, force people to respect your own privacy. For the most part, these, these digital giant gurus, the information tech world that we're in right now have gotten so out of control. It's definitely not a joke whatsoever. Also, too, speaking of invasion of privacy, California and their infinite stupidity, or I guess you could say their infinite tyranny that they wanted to do, they just now passed a bill, and it looks like that uh, Governor Nuisance is going to be passing it or signing it into law. It's AB645. It's going to authorize a whole new pilot program on L.A., Long Beach, Glendale, San Francisco, Oakland, and San Jose. They'll be setting up speed cameras to issue automatic tickets to any drivers going over 11 miles an hour over the speed limit. The civil penalties will be $50 for a speeding ticket over 11, $100 over 16, 200 up to 26, and a $500 ticket for over 100 miles an hour. And, of course, you don't pay it, then they automatically suspend your driver's license. I haven't been able to get the information yet on what they're going to do as far as with the uh, points, if they're going to be able to assess points. I don't think they are because there's not an actual person that is going to be assessed points to except the registered driver of the vehicle. But then again, that would be a difficult one to prove in court. So what they're doing is now – this is all basically – just to clarify this, this is all about income or revenue generation for California because California is flat broke because of their stupid policies and what they keep pumping money into that doesn't support the state. So now what they're trying to do is they're going to try to start fining everyone just in, in infants, just, just intimacy, just infinitely going on forever now. We're just going to keep finding you and finding you. Oh, you're doing 12 miles an hour here. You're doing 12 miles an hour here. They already do this now in a lot of places with uh, red light cameras. However, the state of Florida, a lot of these red light cameras have been pulled down in a lot of major cities because they've been deemed unconstitutional. The problem is in California now, it's such a communist state that it's very difficult to prevent this stuff from happening because essentially 
they already know what they're doing with it, and this is a protocol they're going to be doing. So they said this pilot program, if it's successful, it will be expanded to all California, which I'm sure it is. They're going to look at revenue. It's probably going to generate millions of dollars each year, just like the red light cameras did at first. My question is going to be, is this going to be another money laundering scheme like the red light cameras down here in Florida where they have a third-party company that's handling the speeding tickets? And then essentially they take a chunk off the top and the rest of it goes to the state of California. Then come to find out a lot of individuals that were voting for this stuff in Florida, allowing this stuff to come in. They had, should I say, vested interests in the private company that was handling the red light tickets. Yeah, oh yeah, that got all exposed out in court. Hence why a lot of stuff got dropped with a company, a law firm called the Ticket Clinic that went to war with these guys over this stuff. So that happened in California? Highly likely. You're definitely probably going to find out that a lot of the politicians that essentially voted for this are probably getting some type of investment structure that they have in this company. Just my two cents on it. But again, this is what we're watching. Also, to another news, strangely enough, we're starting to see more and more recalls. Again, I told you guys about the 30,000 pounds of ground beef that just got recalled the other day. Now, apparently, mixed vegetables from Kroger and Food Lion is now being recalled across the entire United States over fear of products are contaminated with listeria. They said the FDA has not had any actual consumer reports of human illnesses. However, they are being recalled over a test that came back. And then I started doing some research. This is the weird part about this is now is that they went on to say here that a customer submitted one of the bags of food to a third-party lab. A customer report, submitted a bag of food to a third-party lab. The third-party lab detected the bacteria in the sweet corn. These results initiated the recall, but the FDA said there's no actual consumer reports of human illnesses or complaints associated with the product. So I don't know. Again, it's a vegetable product. It's not a protein. But isn't it strange now we suddenly – and just starting up again, we're suddenly having this rash of all these different products that are getting recalled suddenly with no reports whatsoever. Just suddenly, oh, wait, somebody had a third-party test, and it tested positive for something, so we're recalling you know, thousands and thousands and thousands of pounds of this stuff. Just thought I would throw that out there. This is why it's really important, as I say all the time, make sure you got some backup food supplies. You start seeing stuff like this happen very quickly. You start seeing supermarkets run out of food when they can't get supplies, supply chain problems. We already saw that a couple of years ago all of a sudden people start getting desperate you don't want to be lumped into that category desperate people do desperate things if you're self-proficient and you're prepared even as just a moderate amount you can prevent from getting caught in a lot of these situations just my two cents on that what do you think dad You know, often one of the big things that people do, and this is something that we have to understand from a marketing standpoint, is when you restrict the availability of certain groceries. If you recall, you know, 500,000 pounds of vegetables or 500,000 pounds of beef, you know, a lot of that stuff will be recalled and it won't be for food consumption anymore, but it'll be used in dog food and other things like that. That's what will happen to it. But the reality is, is this. It's going to take that product off the market, and it's going to cause shortages. And what they do is they analyze from a structural standpoint. The, the bean counters actually do this. The Sabatain, Kabbalists, Luciferian, Synagogue of Cain, Satan group. They analyze, okay, if we short 100,000 know, pounds of beef and we have to put it in the dog food, like you know, some kind of chow, okay, make sure we get sterilized or whatever we need to do, uh, and we take this off the market, What's it going to do as far as driving up available beef prices? Have, have any of you noticed how expensive beef is now? And what they find out, well, if you get ground beef for two ninety nine or three ninety nine a pound, like it used to be, 
now all of a sudden it's $9.99 or $12.99 or $15.99 for what's left, the margins of the break-even analysis goes through the roof. As far as you learn very quickly that you massively increase profits when you increase the pricing like that, even though you're selling less product. They teach you how to do that in microeconomics, and they teach you how to actually see where the break-even point is going to be, and everything above that margin becomes profit. So if you take that beef and now it's $12.99 a pound instead of $3.99 a pound and you've got a massive premium on it, your break-even analysis shows that it goes way down as far as before you start making money on it. So you'll eat the cost of converting the beef into dog food in order to have the ability to massively increase the profit margins past the break-even point. That's why they do this stuff in case you're wondering. That's why they always do this stuff. You think they just kill these chickens and they bury them in a landfill if they kill them? Almost all of those chickens that end up going and getting ground up for dog feed or livestock feed or whatever they're going to do with it. They don't just dispose of the carcasses. Now, sometimes they do. Sometimes there's some type of unbelievably bad disease and, and whatever in the flock, and they all have to be terminated and buried or incinerated. Yeah, that happens too. Or so they tell us that it happens. I mean, how many people actually see them incinerate 100,000 chickens? Or are they being ground up for dog food? I mean, I don't know. You know, but the point is, this is what these guys do. That's why they're called bean counters. They count all the beans. They make sure that all the profit stays as high as they possibly can all the time, and that's what their goal is in these corporations. And they don't care about how they treat the consumer. It's all about bottom line because the love of money is the root of all evil. Now, I was reading this article a minute ago about you know until lions become lambs become lions. And it says a few things here I want to cover with on it. I read the rest of it. It says we can counter assaults on our liberty by organizing at the local and state level, by anticipating the actions of the, the, the scum and their proxies, and we can set up community outreach programs. That's the community organism again. That's what Zelensky taught all the time. You know, it's, 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 it, you know, it says evangelize liberty by holding town hall meetings at your local liberty bar or social club in order to network. Volunteer for homeschooling pods with families who want to withdraw from the public school systems. Uh, last but not least, primary, you know, find out who the elected officials are and find out who they are if they're more concerned with conforming to the ruling elite ideology than ensuring the welfare of their constituents and basically – do that and expose them. That's what Austin and I've done. We've done a lot of this stuff, you know, with the homeschooling, with the meetings, with being vocal, with talking to our friends, you know, doing the town meetings, you know, volunteering with the homeschool stuff, being vocal with all that. That's what we do. You know, remember we laughed at Barack Obama because he was a community organizer, but Solalinsky, that's what he said. He said that's one of the things that you have to do is you have to get in at the community levels and you got to do a ground up effort. And that's what we have to do in our neighborhoods and our friends. That's why when you send this show to all of your people on your email list, all the people on your Twitter list, all the people – you say, well, they may get mad about it because you talk about Jesus. Okay, well, whatever. Then find something you want to send that if you're ashamed of Christ. That if you're ashamed of Christ right now, it's going to be bad for you in the next life. Just thought I'd mention that. But the reality is, is this. If you tell them the truth, like I did my friend this morning, the blood's no longer on you. It's on your own head. It's on them. You've got to do that. You've got to tell them the truth of what they need to do and teach them to be vocal. I love you guys. I appreciate you. Austin, finish it up, my friend, and I'll talk to you guys tomorrow. Well, you're exactly right, my friend. It's, there's, there's no question about it. You've got to talk about the stuff to people. The same thing like I've said before earlier when I was talking about ATP production and energy, mitochondria. You know, If you've got friends that are having problems with energy – they're having problems with fatigue. They're, they're maybe trying to do stuff. They're trying to be active, but they're having a hard time. Talk to them, encourage them. Say, hey, listen, man, how, how, how much caffeine are you drinking every day? You know, how much, how much alcohol, how much nicotine are you using every single day? How much water are you drinking every single day? 
I told you guys before, one of the first things I always ask people, I always ask people every single time when they come to me and they say they're talking about issues with high blood pressure. So, okay, how much water are you drinking? How much nicotine are you drinking? How much caffeine are you using? That's the first three things out there. And I can almost guarantee almost every single time when I talk to somebody and they have really high blood pressure that they're fighting, unless they're obese, that's the only clause, unless they're really obese, there's always one of those things in there they're talking about. And a lot of times it's water. Because water is crucial. You've got to stay hydrated on a regular basis, especially if you're active, especially if you live in a state where you sweat all the time. Like down here in Florida where, you know, it's just – it's like living in a steam room. It's just its just hot. You just deal with it. You learn to adapt to it. But you just you sweat a lot. And so you're losing minerals. You're losing water, especially if you're working outside on a regular basis or you're active outside. You've got to make sure you're staying hydrated and you're keeping your body nutrient, you know, with nutrient density in it. That's why we've got the NK citrate formula, which is the magnesium and potassium formula. We also sell here in a small bottle. You can also throw that in as more additional electrolytes. There's all kinds of things that you can do on a regular basis to stay healthy, stay hydrated, and stay high energy, especially if you're going to be active in the community like Dad was just talking about. So I encourage you guys continue to get the truth out there on a regular basis. Keep staying strong. Keep your, your mental health where it needs to be. Sometimes you just got to say no to certain things. I know a lot of people over the years, you know, everybody and you know this generation so to speak it feels like everybody's got to be constantly going all the time now i get it a lot of stuff with work you have stuff with school you have stuff with kids you got stuff with everything but sometimes certain things there's certain things at some point in time when you can choose not to do and sometimes you got to take a step back so you know what no I'm, I'm, I'm too busy for that this weekend saturday you know we're gonna have a chill day i'm gonna have a relaxed day i'm gonna spend time with the kids i'm gonna spend time with myself i'm just gonna do something that i need to do because too many times i've seen people where they're constantly trying to go out and take care of everyone else and make everybody else happy they neglect their own selves and their own health don't do that always make sure you prioritize yourself and your family especially when it comes to those topics so again appreciate if you guys need anything be sure to check out the website healthmasters.com vitamin c on sales product of the week right now. You got it for two more days. We'll see what wins, which you want to vote for coming up on uh, Wednesday. It looks like actually the total rest, the N-acetylcysteine. That's, I haven't even looked at those two as far as voting. Those both neck and neck. So be sure to vote for what you want to see win on the website, healthmasters.com, between those two. Have a blessed, safe, awesome night, my friends. And we'll talk to you again tomorrow as always. Broadcasting to the U.S. and around the world by way of clear digital audio, 22,500 miles above the planet. This is the Global Star Radio Network.